Uh, this week was pretty exciting. We did a few few things that um, I just love to do. On Wednesday night, we had our, or Wednesday afternoon, we had our service over at Stone Creek, and I just love that group. Uh, we've talked about it before. This group is uh, multiple different denominations, uh, Catholics, Lutherans, Presbyterians, even a couple Pentecostals in there, and uh, just really is one of our great joys. Micah, you can see in the corner, he leads worship. We we sing some hymns, we have hymnals, we say, turn to page 327, and then, and then page 303, and, and you kept them really close to each other this time, which was really cool, so we didn't have to do much flipping, I, I appreciated that. And then Jeremy's there, and Jeremy is always wearing a suit when he's there, uh, and I just, I love it, I love uh, what we get to do over there, we do it once a month, pray for that group, pray for, uh, just please, uh, pray for them. Uh, they are a beautiful group of people. And then Thursday night, uh, Bryn actually led uh, our church in serving a community dinner. And at this community dinner, many of you were actually there uh, volunteering and serving. And I actually stopped by the next day and Pastor Larry over there said, LifeSpring did an amazing job and we, we even had leftovers and, and those types of things. So thank you, church, for being a part of that and serving over there, and let's just keep it going, right? Let's just keep it going as the Lord stirs uh, different ideas and thoughts and passions uh, within you. Uh, let's see what God might want to do. Someone the other day was talking about, oh, I want to do reading buddies again over uh, where we had the little ones uh, at the one of the local retirement centers reading uh, to some of the people there or having the people read to the little ones. Whatever it is, let's see what God might want to do and, and how he might want to stir us up to really shine his light in our community. Is that good? I think that's pretty good. Well, last week was so fun if you guys were here on Sunday morning. So, 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 so fun. If you remember Acts 1-8, that's what we talked about, that Jesus said you will receive power. Everyone say power. Power. Power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Last Sunday, if you remember, we had three different uh, kind of areas where you could receive prayer. We had over 20 people come forward to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Really, some of the most amazing prayer times with each of you. Uh, a couple of you mentioned just how tangible the presence of God was during our ministry time. Many of you would agree. Just you knew that the Lord was here, that he was stirring, that he was moving. It was, it's been extremely powerful. I was just talking to Scott Harden out in the lobby, uh, how powerful it's been for me to receive so many texts and emails from you guys. This week, I, I don't know if I've ever had a week where I've gotten so many texts and emails of people just full of the joy of the Lord. In fact, I, I got to talk to another person this morning who was just telling me about their week and, and what God has been doing through their week. Are any of those people in this room right now if you are just like say amen or something right anybody else just or or were those people did they decide not to come this morning i mean anyone else still just like got the goosebumps Woo! praise the lord praise the lord i mean there's times and seasons when it's just like just doing the religion thing or just doing the ritual thing but it's just so refreshing to get just break through some of that and get real about our humanity, about our existence, and come to a real God and say, God, fill me up. Fill me up. Fill me up with whatever you got, whatever you want for me. Just fill me up so I can do what you've called me to do. And that's kind of what we're talking about today. We're going to continue this series, Living the Life. We'll conclude it next week. But I believe that today God wants to show us 
that this filling of the Holy Spirit, it was never meant to just be a one-time experience, but we are to be daily filled by the Spirit. So we can be daily full of the Spirit. So we can daily walk with the Spirit. I want to say that again. Daily filled with the Spirit so we can be daily full of the Spirit. So we can daily walk with the Spirit. Now, I, I realize over these three weeks I'm talking kind of fast. And, I, and I'm not slowing down because there's a whole lot that I have to say. But I only have 30 minutes to say it. So uh, I'm not going to be able to cover everything that I would want to cover. I'm trying hard. But here's the deal. I'm just trying to hit the best parts. I promise you, if you receive the spiritual truths in these three weeks, if you receive them into your life, if you actually put them into practice, your life will be radically changed. Do you believe that? I believe that. Radically changed. I, we got to wake up this morning. Do you believe that, church? Come on. See, there is no change like the change that the Holy Spirit can make in a person's life. I want to say that again. There is no change like the change that the Holy Spirit can make in a person's life. The Holy Spirit. I, I'm telling you. I want to say it one more time. Just receive this in your life. He is not a fairy tale. He is not a fantasy. He is not just an ancient story from our ancient past. The Holy Spirit right now is real in this room. And there is no change like the Holy Spirit can do in a person's life. Receive the change that the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life today. Now today, I want to spend time just in our time together showing us from Scripture how we are called to walk in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. The fullness of the Holy Spirit. Everyone say fullness. It's just so important. That word today is, is so important to what we're talking about. The fullness of the Holy Spirit. We're going to focus on Ephesians 5, verse 18. If you have your Bibles, open up to Ephesians 5, 18. Thanks to Emily Faber, I always know where Ephesians is. Because she told me, God eats popcorn. Which is Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians... Colossians, God eats popcorn. Thank you, Emily Faber. <laughs> so if you're in the popcorn, you need to go back one chapter or one, one letter. If you're in the God, you've got to go forward one chapter. Get it right there in the middle into Ephesians. This is what he says. In fact, let's go ahead and say it together with me. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with with the Spirit. Let's say it one more time. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. This has been one of the most powerful verses in my life. As I grew up in my faith, and many of you would agree with this in your own life, as I grew in the faith, a hunger began to grow within me to live the victorious Christian life. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? Just as you grew in your faith, a passion wells up within you to live the life that Jesus paid for on the cross. But then how do you do it? How do you live that life? And the more that I read the Bible, the more I came to realize, and some of you aren't even going to like this, but I came to realize that my choices, my everyday decisions, they have a much greater impact on my life than I ever before wanted to admit. I think, just like many believers, maybe some of you in this room, that you just kind of feel like you can live however you want, right? You can say whatever you want, you can do whatever you want, and just regardless of the choices you're making, you still get to live the abundant life that Jesus paid for on that cross. I come across this all the time, all the time, that somehow I can just do what I want, say what I want, live how I want, and then I also get to live the abundant life that Jesus died for. 
But the longer I walked with the Lord, the more I realized that our decisions, and again, some of you hate hearing this, but our decisions have consequences. Our choices matter. As my brother Doug told me when I was a young man, he said, Dan, you are more powerful than you realize. It's one of the best things he ever said to me. I've never forgotten it. Dan, you are more powerful than you realize. Your choices matter. Your choices matter. We have choices that we get to make every day. And one of those choices is this. Every day we get to choose what we're going to fill our lives with. Every day. And not just every day, but every minute of every hour of every day in our free will. We have the power to choose what we're going to fill our lives with. And what you choose matters. I want you to hear that this morning. What you choose matters. Our choices matter. What I choose to eat matters. What food choices I make. What I put into this temple that we call our bodies, there are consequences. It matters. What I choose to say to other people, it matters. What I choose to say about other people when they're not in the room, guess what? It matters. Where I choose to go, what movies I choose to watch, what music I choose to listen to, how I spend my money, who I choose to hang out with and spend my time with, all of those choices matter. And in Christ, we are more powerful than we realize. And in every situation, every circumstance, we have the opportunity to choose to be filled with and live by the Spirit of God, or we can choose to be filled with or live by something else. Your choices matter. It's why it's so important every day to consciously ask God to fill you up with His Spirit. That you wouldn't dare leave your house in the morning. Some of you, that you wouldn't dare leave your bedroom in the morning without consciously, willingly asking the Holy Spirit to fill you up with His power for the day. See, without this daily dependence upon the Lord, you are setting yourself up for disappointment and failures. Now, I'm not talking about whether you go to heaven or not. But when you willingly just avoid the Lord and don't consciously ask Him to fill you up, you are setting yourself up, child. You are setting yourself up for disappointment and failure. You have to understand, any time, any time that we try to live this life independent of God, independent of God's leading, you are trying to live and function and operate in a way that God never intended you to live. He never intended you to live that way. We were not created to try to live this life independent of the Holy Spirit's filling and His leading. Now, we've all tried that before, haven't we? All of us. Oh, I, I, just, I can give you a thousand examples. I have given my best shots at trying to live without the Spirit filling and leading me. But hopefully, and I believe this to be true, hopefully as we mature in Christ, as we grow in our walk with Jesus, hopefully we come to the realization that the only way to live the Christian life is to choose to be filled and choose to be led by the Spirit of God. Amen. Well, how do we do this? How do we do this? How can we be filled with the Spirit so we can walk in the fullness of the Spirit? Filled so we can walk. First, you must wait on the Lord. You must wait on the Lord. If you're taking notes, you might want to write this stuff down. You've got to wait on the Lord. Now, for some humans, probably nobody in this room, but some humans aren't very good at waiting for anybody or anything. And let's be honest, we live in a fast food culture. I mean, we love it, right? I mean, if you, have you ever had to wait in a, uh, a drive-thru for more than five minutes? Do you remember how irritated you were? Like, what is the deal? Like, it's just chicken nuggets. But we're addicted to it. We're addicted to instant gratification. We want everything and we want everything now. But to be filled, we've got to wait on the Lord. 
Again, in our culture, our society, this one's tough, but it's true. We've got to wait on the Lord. We've got to give him time, not just time, but good quality time. One of the best ways to wait on the Lord is to read his word, to read his Bible. By the way, if you don't have a Bible, let me know. I would love to get you a Bible. But when you stop to read the, the word of God, a little miracle happens. You know what that little miracle is? You stop talking. Some of us are so good at talking. We just talk, talk, talk. Have you ever had that prayer with Jesus? We're like, talk, 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 talk. This is this, and she does this, and he does that, and this, and blah, blah, blah. Amen, and then you leave. We're just so good at talking. Some of us not so good at, what is that other word called? Listening. When we read the Word of God, we are listening to the Lord. When you're reading the Bible, in many ways, just think of it this, this way. You're sitting at the feet of Jesus, and you're just hearing his heart, his love spoken over your life. There's such power in when you read the Word of God daily. You, you just allow him, and you're giving him permission to just speak his truth, his love over you. And there's this tangible infilling of God's Spirit that can happen when you read the Word. Anybody ever have that happen to you? Any Christians in the house this morning? Now, with that being said, there's plenty of people on this earth that read the Word and don't get anything out of it, right? Whether it may be scholars, professors, atheists, people of different faiths, there's Christians who can read the Word and not be filled up with the Spirit of God as they read. But this is all about your attitude and your posture, right? And this is something I'm actually very much in the process of learning, that my attitude and my posture matters when I'm approaching the Word of God. How you approach the Word of God, it matters. I want you to consider that in your own life. How are you approaching the Bible? When we read His Word with the right attitude and the right posture, when we're seeking, willingly seeking, eagerly seeking His instruction, His leading, as we take the Bible into our hands, as we ask the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus to fill us up with what we need for that day, as we wait on the Lord, He actually begins to speak eternal truths that strengthen our bones, that renew our minds, that change our hearts. He actually gives us what we need. And have you ever had a day where you were going in the wrong direction? Have you ever had a day you're like, this day is set up to really go to the pits of hell? But when you read the Bible, something just begins to stir up within you. The words, the commands of Jesus stir up within you. The Word of God, it has the power to change your countenance. The Word of God has the power to change your attitude. The Word of God has the power to change the very trajectory of your day. Do you believe in the power of the Word of God? For me, waiting on the Lord, I find mornings work best. I don't know when it is for you, regardless of when it is. There just must be a time when you are intentionally waiting on the Lord. Number two, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you gotta worship. You gotta worship. Any worshipers in the house this morning? Right? You gotta worship the Lord. If you wanna walk in the fullness of the Spirit, worship the Lord. Don't be afraid to be a worshiper of the Lord. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't worry about what the person to the left or to the right of you is thinking. I remember one time I was at this mentoring meeting and this lady told me how distracting I was in my worship. And that just crushed me. I mean, it just crushed me. I was just like so devastated because I you know, was raising my hands and kind of jumping up and down. But that was a week before I went to Ghana. And then you go to Ghana where they're like, you know, they're just, just shouting and screaming. And I was like, man, if this lady could see what I'm seeing. Uh, just don't be afraid. And don't, if someone's around just telling you, well, that's not. I remember one time I was raising my hands like this. And a guy comes up and he goes, well, actually, you're supposed to go like this. And this is the proper way. And this is this. And just, again, defeating. But then it was like, what am I doing? Why do I care what he said? Jesus, I worship you. Be a worshiper of the Lord. Ephesians 5.18, I just read it to you guys 
But it goes on. At the end of 18, it's actually not a period. It's a comma. Listen to this. He says, do not get drunk with wine. But what? Be filled with the Spirit. Addressing one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing, making melody to the Lord with your heart. You guys hear any worship in here? Giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Just keep that up on the screen and maybe read through that a couple of times. I don't think it's an accident that the command to be filled with the Spirit is followed immediately by speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing, making a what? A melody to the Lord with your heart. If someone is living continually filled with the Spirit, I guarantee you they are someone who is constantly choosing to worship the Lord. There's so much power in worshiping the Lord. By the way, uh, there is always a good reason to worship the Lord, and it's always a good time to worship the Lord. Verse 20, he says actually to give thanks how often? Always and for everything to God. We just walked through 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 5.18. He says, give thanks in all circumstances. Sometimes it's in the midst of chaos, isn't it? Sometimes it's in the midst of the storms of life. But we raise our hands, we cry out to God, we praise Him, we thank Him, we worship the Lord. And I know many of you in this room can testify to how powerful it is when you surrender to God. You yield to His Spirit and you just allow Him to fill you up. To fill you with the Spirit. Living a life of worship. I I just hope you hear me today. Living a life of worship is one of the best ways I know how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Three, to be filled, you would pray in the Spirit, pray with the Spirit. As a Spirit-filled believer, all of your prayers should be prayed in and with the Spirit. All of our praying. All of it. So this is regardless of the words you're using. So whether it's speaking in tongues or English or Spanish or whatever it is, maybe it's just groanings or moanings, just all of our prayers should be inspired and motivated by the Holy Spirit. Right? We want God's Holy Spirit to be involved in our Bible reading. Praise the Lord. We want, of course, the Holy Spirit to be involved in our worship. Like, what would this even be without the Holy Spirit and His presence being here? But we want the Holy Spirit to be involved, what? In our prayer, in our prayer life. Ephesians 6, you remember Ephesians 6, pretty good chapter, describes the armor of God, the armor of God in detail, this armor that we put on every day. At the very end of that description of the armor of God, you remember what Paul says? He says that we are to be praying at all times, how often? All times in the Spirit, with all prayer, supplication. The letter of Jude tells us we are to be praying in the Spirit. There's a great scene in Acts chapter 4. We got Peter and John. Remember Peter and John. They're before the Sanhedrin. They're before these Jewish leaders. And, and they are just grilled. They are questioned. But eventually, Jewish leaders, if you remember, they let them go. And then Acts 4.23, it tells us this. On their release, Peter and John, they start walking. Where did they go? Well, they go back to their people. And they report all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. Look at this. Verse 24. When they heard this, when they heard this report, when they heard what had happened to them, They raised their voices together in prayer to God. By the way, this is why it's so important to gather with other believers as well. You just see it modeled right here. All together, meeting, waiting on the Lord. And then they hear this report. And what do they do? They just begin to pray to the Lord. Go to verse 31. Look what happens. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting, it was shaken. Shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God. Boldly. That's just an incredible scene. Don't you want to be there? 
Don't you want that to happen in your life? Where the ground is shaken? I've been praying that so often lately. God, just break the ground, shake the ground. You guys sang a song at the very beginning of the service, a new one, that talked about the ground just being shaken, just something coming out of the ground. Just shake the ground. Just this incredible scene. People of God, they're just praying out to God. They're open to the move of the Holy Spirit. And what happens is they're praying. They are filled with the Holy Spirit. Life Spring Church. Come on, let's pray to the Lord and let's be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Amen? Amen. So you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Read the Bible. You want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Worship the Lord with reckless abandon. Worship God. And pray. 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 And let every one of your prayers be inspired and encouraged and motivated by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now with the rest of our time together, I want to say this. And if you're taking notes, you want to write this down. Once you're filled up, then you've got to walk it out. Once you're filled up, you've got to walk it out. Once you're filled up, you've got to walk it out. If you remember in the upper room, remember Jesus hanging out in the upper room, there's this moment, and he tells his disciples that he's going to go to his Father. He's going to ask his Father to send them the Holy Spirit. Listen to what he says. John 16, 13, he says, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you. Everyone say, he will guide you. And he'll guide you into all truth. See, the Holy Spirit, He actually wants to walk with you. The Holy Spirit, He actually wants to guide you. When I was in Israel for two weeks, I had a guide. Sonia knows the guide. Uh, my wife, Mary, is back from Israel today. And she was with Emily for the last two weeks over there. We all have the same guide. The guide's name, believe it or not, is Mickey. So Mickey, and, and Mickey is an incredible guide. But as much as Mickey desired to guide us, don't you know we had to be willing to follow Does that make sense? I hope you're tracking with me today. As much as Mickey wanted to guide us, don't you know that we had to be willing to follow? Mickey desired, just think of his passion, to lead us through all the ancient ruins and lead us through the cities and the museums and all the stops along the way. But we had to be willing to walk with Mickey. Now the Holy Spirit, He is willing to lead us. He is very much willing to lead us. But church, we have to be willing to follow. Now, as new creations in Christ, I actually believe that our heart's desire is to follow the Lord, to be led by the Holy Spirit. I I see that in Scripture. In in Romans 8, 14, it says this directly. It says, those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. So if you're a son or a daughter of God, you are what? Led by the Holy Spirit. If you would like to know if you're a child of God, just look at the path you're going down. Because children of God are led by God. If you've ever felt conviction from the Holy Spirit, maybe about going down the wrong path and then you changed course because of that conviction, well, praise the Lord. It means you are a child of God because children of God are miserable when they go any other direction than the direction the Spirit is leading them to go. You ever been there before? You ever felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit in your life? Anybody? I feel it like every day. Like you guys are way better than me. But that's so cool because it means I'm a child of God. Where he says, Danny, get back over here. Danny, what are you doing? Come on, Danny. That shows that I'm a child of God. Because a child of God is miserable when you go any other direction than his direction. So we're filled with the Spirit so we can be led by the Spirit. This is so important that you are filled specifically to do what he has called you to do. Again, if you're taking notes, write this down. You are filled specifically to do what he has called you to do. Did you know that there is a calling on your life? Did you know that? Or did you just think you were some insignificant 
unworthy person that nobody will ever know about and no God would ever care about. That you're just going to waste some oxygen for a few years and then die and be forgotten forever and ever? Or do you believe that there's a calling on your life? God has a calling on your life. Ephesians 2.10 tells us we are His workmanship. You might need to put your name in there if you're feeling a little down today. We are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand. Look at this church that we should walk in them. We have to allow God to lead us into the good works He has for us. And by the way, this is when life really gets exciting. Anybody tasted that kind of life before? When you start walking into the things that God has for you? I cannot think of a greater joy than when I'm doing what God has created me to do. I cannot think of a greater joy or a greater passion well up within me when I am being His witness to this world. And when we are full of the Holy Spirit, doing what God has created and called us to do, that is when we are beginning to experience what Jesus talks about in 1010, that He came to give us life and give us life to the full. That is when we begin to experience the abundant life. There's no greater version of life than when you are being filled with the Spirit and being led by the Spirit, walking in the fullness of the Spirit. And today, I want to say this to you. You are more powerful than you realize. Your choices matter. Your choices matter. You can choose the day to yield to the Spirit. Today, even if you didn't like one word that I said today, you right now can choose to yield to the Spirit, to give Him permission to have His way in your life. And when you do, this is a promise. He will guide you. And he's the best guide this world has ever known. He will guide you and he will walk with you. And he'll lead you into what he has created you to do. Maybe even as I'm praying or as I'm talking today, maybe just start praying to the Lord. Maybe quietly, just Lord, would you fill me so I can follow you? Right? This has got to be more than just a talk. We want the change of the Holy Spirit. There's no change like the change that the Holy Spirit can make in a person's life. So some of you just need to get real with God right now. Think about what you're doing. Think about your choices you're making. Think about your decisions right now. Just Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, come fill my life so I can follow you. Because I want to do not what I want to do. I want to do what you created me to do. I want to fulfill my destiny on this earth. I'm tired of wasting my life. Jesus, would you fill me with the power of your Holy Spirit so I can walk forward into the things that you have called me and created me to do. Right? More than just a little ritual we do on a Sunday morning. Life transforms. I want to encourage some of you. Some of you, maybe you're struggling in some areas. By the way, you're not the first to struggle in that area. I remember when I was having a gambling addiction. I was so discouraged, so defeated. And I was talking to my boss about it. And he said, Dan, he goes, you're not the first person to, having a, uh, to have a gambling addiction. He goes, and you're not the first person that's going to be set free from a gambling addiction. I'll just never forget that, that grace where I'm just like, I'm the worst person, I'm terrible, I should go dig a hole and just lie in it. But he's like, Dan, you're not the first person to struggle, and you're not the first person that's going to find victory through that struggle. So I just want to encourage you, maybe you're struggling in some areas. Here's the truth, it's so powerful. As you walk, as you learn, as you kind of just grow in this process and journey of walking in the fullness of the Holy Spirit, those things of life that used to take you down, Think of it, the sinful behaviors, those attitudes that brought you pain, right? Think of the decisions of your flesh that just caused damage and destruction in your life, but not just your life, right? They caused pain, damage, destruction in the lives of those around you. But in the presence of God's Spirit, those things of the flesh, those things that have just tried to shame you, those things that have tried to defeat you, they actually begin to be replaced by the good things, the good, wholesome, good, good 
good things of God's good spirit. Galatians 5 tells us this. When we walk in the spirit, what happens? You do not gratify the desires of the flesh. As you walk by the spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Again, some of us, we just beat ourselves up for mistakes that we make. But in this moment, I just want to encourage you, this is not like some moment at 948 for us just to make this commitment to never make a mistake again, right? Like, I'm just never going to mess up again. Well, guess what? Um, I'm just going to be a fortune teller right now. You're going to mess up. You just are. It's part of life. It's messy. And you screw up from time to time. But praise the Lord, God's grace is big enough for all your screw-ups and all your mess-ups. I don't want you to make that commitment today. What I'm asking you is make the commitment, as messy as you feel, as imperfect as you feel, just make the commitment that I'm going to walk with Jesus. I'm just going to walk with the Lord. With warts and all, good, bad, and ugly, I'm just making the commitment to walk with Jesus. Uh, Jesus, Jesus, that's awesome. I'm going to walk with Jesus. As imperfect as I feel, I'm choosing willingly, consciously choosing to be filled with the Spirit of God so I can be led by the Spirit of God. And because of God's goodness, because of God's grace, when you pray that to the Lord, that's exactly what he'll do. He'll fill you up with his spirit to give you the power to live your life for Jesus. And then I want to close with this. Just watch what happens. Just watch what happens. I want you to hear this. As you choose to walk with Jesus, again, I'm not talking about like choose to be religious or choose to look churchy or sound churchy. I'm just saying, when you choose, willingly, consciously choose to walk with Jesus, when you walk in the Spirit, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, decade after decade, more and more and more, as the Holy Spirit has His way in your life, guess what? This is why this life is so good. More and more, your life is going to look like Jesus. It's going to look like Jesus. More and more people, the people around you, the people in your families, in your schools, in your workplace, the people even on traffic, on I-5, more and more, they're going to see Jesus in you. In you. They're going to see Jesus in you, and they're going to say, Mary, powerful witness in this world for Jesus. Kyla, Wayne, Carl, powerful witnesses for his name, for his sake, for his glory in this world. I hope you guys are ready for that. Anybody ready for that? I'm so Anyway, I'm just tired of the rest of it. Like, the re, I just forget it. Some of that stuff, I just, I'm ready for the abundant life where the Spirit fills me and leads me. We're filled to follow. There's a wonderful example of all this in our church, and she just got back from being gone internationally for months and I wanted to give her a chance at the end of this service just to be able to share her willingness to step out and say yes her willingness just different scenarios and scenes where she said yes to the Holy Spirit and she allowed him in uncomfortable situations allowed him to lead her and she willingly followed him you guys are going to love this would you guys please welcome Rebecca McGonigal to the stage Thank you, Rebecca. Hello, everyone. Okay, so for the past, about a month and a half ago, I got back from Australia and Mongolia. Um, I spent four and a half months in Australia, um, just deepening my relationship with God and just 
um, spending every week in lectures um, on the Gold Coast. And it was so different from what I expected. I went into YWAM um, just expecting to fall more in love with Jesus, and I knew I'd be, um, I would get out of my comfort zone and stuff like that, and that's what I wanted. But I didn't realize just how challenging it would be. Um, mm. But through it all, I loved it, and it was the best six months of my life. Um, every week, we had a different topic for lectures. Uh, so some weeks we had uh, surrendering, uh, fear the Lord, intimacy with God, um, Father Heart Week. And just every week was just more and more challenges and um, just more and more falling in love with God. And it was just so good to see um, not just me but everyone just completely transform um, just by what God was doing in our lives. And um, every week we would have opportunities to evangelize um, along the beach. And at the beginning of the DTS, the Discipleship Training School, um, I just remember how I was so fearful and I was so scared just to um, go up to people and be like, hey, can I pray for you? Um, But just to see the way that when I actually stepped out and I actually said, okay, God, like I want, I actually want to talk to people, I actually want to pray for people. And just to see how God completely just like transformed my mind in that and um, just the opportunities that happened and the healings that I saw and the, um, yeah, just the ways that when I stepped out and when I prayed for people, just their lives were completely transformed and they're like, wow, I want to know more about God. And it was so cool just to um, tell them about Jesus. Um, I remember one week, it was Father Heart Week, and um, I think this was week seven or eight, and at this point, the whole time, I'd been very shy in ministry times. I was very fearful. I did not like to speak out. Um, When, like, the speaker would, like, ask questions, I would never raise my hand. I was so scared. During intercession times of prayer, um, I was definitely not the one to be like, okay, I'll pray for everyone. But um, I just remember during Father Heart Week, one of the mornings, my um, team and I, we were just praying. My leader was like, hey, we should just have a worship morning. And I was like, okay. So we all did it. And then all of a sudden, it just turned into um, just like people declaring things out loud. And um, people were getting prayed for. People were getting healed within our team. And it was so cool. And at one point, there was about 15 of us um, in a circle, and we all just had our arms around each other and were praying. And I just broke down. I was like, in my mind, I was like, oh, my God, I just want to say something. I just want to declare things out loud. But I was so scared. And this whole time, the up until this point, I just felt like the devil just literally was, like, sewing my mouth shut, and I could not say a word. And then one of my friends came up to me and she said, dude, I know you want to say something. I was like, I know I want to too, (laughs) but I was so scared. And then she took me aside and she just started praying for me. And I was like, you know what? It's time. Like, I just need to say something. I just need to declare out who God is in my life. And then I went back into the circle and it took me a couple minutes, but in my mind, I just heard God be like now. And I was like, okay. (laughs) And I just started, I just remember like screaming out the top of my lungs. I was like, God, I'm so sorry for, like, not following you with all my heart and not following you who, with all that you planned for me. I was like, I'm so tired of being fearful, God. I just want to be fearless now. 
And in that moment, it was the most freeing experience ever. It was so good. And, oh, my gosh, just the way, just to see what happens when you actually, like, step out into what God has called you to do and what um, what he wants you to do. Because God isn't, he doesn't want you to be fearful. And that's something I just learned. I was like, okay, God, like, you made me to be fearless. You made me to just trust in you and follow you and um, walk out in the path that you have for me. So that moment was definitely, like, the turning point in my YWAM. Um within the six months, and ever since that moment, um, just the opportunities that God has put my way just to talk to people, and um, I remember one time we were on the beach, and we were evangelizing, and I went with one of my staff members who was, like, a really good evangelist. I was so scared to go with her because I knew that every person she goes to, like, she always prays for them and heals them. I'm like, I was still so scared to go with her, but I was like, you know, I want to step out. I want to step out of my comfort zone, so I went with her, and um we went up to these three girls, and we probably talked to them for about an hour and a half. And we talked to them a lot about hearing God's voice. And they're like, how do you do that? And I was like, well, we just talk to God, and then he speaks to us. <laughs> and they're like, and then uh, the staff was like, can we pray for you? Can we get words for you or pictures for you? And then my staff looked at me. She's like, you want to pray for me? I was like, okay. <laughs> and then we were praying for them, and it was just so cool to see how like, when you step out in the obedience, how God, um, like, just getting words and pictures for each of the girls, and it was so relevant for them in that moment. They're like, wow, that is exactly what I needed to hear. Um, one of the girls had been thinking about going to this school, and I got a picture of a castle for her, and the school that she wants to go to is, like, a cat looks like a castle, and she's like, that was totally confirmation that that's where I'm supposed to go. And I was like, wow, that's so cool. <laughs> I was like, that's God. That's what it'll do for you. Um, so, yeah. So, after the 12 weeks spent in Australia, um, we went on outreach, and we had a two-and-a-half-month outreach. We spent two weeks in the outback of Australia and then two months in Mongolia. And do we have a photo? Can you? So, that's my team. Um, there was 19 students and four staff. Um, you can go to the next photo. This photo was taken in the outback of Australia. Um, this was at an open air that we had. Uh, we had to have it at like nine at night because during the day it's over a hundred degrees. So, um, it was very hot. So we always have these open airs at nighttime. We actually only ended up having one just because it was too hot to have them um, during the time that we were there in the summer. Um, but this was really cool. The open air, we just set up a tent and some music equipment in the middle of a cul-de-sac in um, like an open field. And it was so cool just to see. We probably had at least 40 to 50 people come and just hear us. Some people gave testimonies, and we just did worship and everything. And it was so cool. We saw a lot of salvations this night, which was really awesome. And we just walked around the neighborhood and handed out um, Bibles and everything. And, you know, you walk up to these people and you thought they were just going to, like, go away. Like, we don't want to talk to you. But it was really cool just to see how many people were actually, like, hungry for the word and actually wanted to, um, like, actually wanted a Bible and wanted to hear what we wanted, what we were talking about. Um, And then the next photo. Um, So while we were in the outback, 
we were working with um, this family, this couple. They're about in their 30s, and they have five children, and they're from Australia. Um, and then, so what they do there is they have a ministry where they're just working with all the Aboriginal kids there. Um, pretty much every single kid comes from sexually abused or physically abused homes. So what they do is they just invite any kid to just come to their house every day and they just feed them lunch and dinner um, and they just play with them and just tell them about Jesus. And it's really cool. This, Yeah, they're doing some amazing things. So this photo, uh, we were just putting on a skit for them and just teaching them about Jesus. And then next photo. Um, this was in Mongolia. So we went from over 100 degree weather to negative 30 weather. So it was really cold. Um, But these kids, some of these girls, um, so every morning we, from Monday through Friday, we taught five hours of English at the school. And I taught all the fifth graders. Um, So from fifth grade to 12th grade, they learn English. So I taught all the fifth graders English. And um, this was just a really cool opportunity um, just to hang out with them and we didn't have many opportunities to um, share the gospel or anything, but just we learned a lot about just relationship building and um, just getting to know them. Um, so while we were in Mongolia, we um, taught English in a school. We taught English at the YWAM base there. We would preach at um, like a youth group they have every Saturday for about 30 to 40 students. Um, we would help out at a paralysis daycare um, where we would just hang out with the kids. We taught um, at an orphanage. We would uh, just hang out with them and also teach English to them and also at a community center for kids who were learning uh, English. So I think in the next photo. Yeah, this is at the paralysis daycare that we worked at. Um, In the next photo. This, okay, so this little girl that the, pr- the guy next to me is holding, this is a really cool story. So we got invited to go to this lady's house, um, and that's her daughter. And she hadn't been going to church for about 15 years, um, but she heard that there was a missions team in town, and so she invited us over. And um, both her and her daughter um, have one leg shorter than the other and so while we were there like hey can we pray for you and your daughter and so we started praying for the daughter and she's five years old and her leg grew out two inches which was so cool (laughs) um we were like okay well we're just gonna pray and we believe that it's gonna happen so we'll pray and then right there in front of our eyes the leg just started growing out so super cool and um yeah that was just a really cool time and then the lady over the weeks that we were there, we just started ministering to her, and we started praying with her and her family, and then she started going back to church again, and accepted Jesus into her life, and also the daughter who's uh, five years old, she's never talked in her entire life, Um, but while we were praying for her, we're like, okay, God, like, give her a voice, give her a voice, and then obviously she doesn't know English, but all of a sudden she just starts screaming out, yes, yes, and like, God, God, yes, and it was like, whoa, and it was so cool just to see, like, God working in her life like that. Um, and the next photo. 
So this is taken at a conference that we had um, through the entire time we were in Mongolia where we were thinking how, oh my gosh, it would be so cool to have a conference. And um, probably about the first week we asked the church that we were working with if we could have a conference. He's like, yeah. Um, but it wasn't until the last week that we were there. So eight weeks later, he's like, okay, you guys can have a conference now this weekend. It was a three-day notice. We're like, okay, three days. You know, we got this. Like, we can do this. So we put flyers all around the school. We had people help us write it in Mongolian. And we're like, white people event, come join us. They'll talk about Jesus. And everyone's like, oh, my gosh, the white people. Like, we're going to go. They thought we were so cool. And... So within three days, we planned a conference, and um, the turnout was incredible. We invited people from the community groups, the youth groups, the schools, everyone, um, ages 12 and up. And so we had a message on the gospel, and then we had a short message on identity, and then an identity workshop. And it was just about like a four-hour conference. But by the end of the night, so altogether, we had about 100, 150 kids show up, which was incredible. And then um, we actually saw about 50 salvations, which was, we were not expecting that. We were like, wow, God, this is amazing. And so um, this night, we just started, all these hands, or people raising their hands. There's people in the back, too. Um, and then we just invited them up to the front. We started praying for everyone. And it was just so beautiful. Um, like they don't know our language, we don't know what the, we don't know their language, but they came up to us for prayer, and we just started praying for them. And you could just see like the Holy Spirit was totally just like wrecking them in that moment because they were balling, we were balling, and it was just so beautiful to see. And um, yeah, just that act of like obedience that we had, and just following God and telling Him what He wants us to do, and just following after that it was so beautiful just to see the outcome that happened in that so yeah that was the past six months it was absolutely incredible man so uh rebecca we're proud of you uh so proud of you but um we also know or you and i were talking that uh you want to go back uh and this time for nine months i think so uh to go back in continuing her training another nine months um, and we just see already what the Lord is doing in you and how he's on you and working through you um, but we want to be a part of that continuing education and continued training and just uh, be a part of you going forth and spreading the word of God and being a witness uh, to the world uh, of, of Jesus and his love and his and his grace and so we want to take up a special offering and this is just an opportunity for any of you um, as a church for us to let her know that we value uh, what you're doing, but also we're excited for what's next, and, and we want to see that come to be. And, and so even as you're giving, if we could put up the slide with the different ways to give, uh, I know some of the most convenient ways to do it is just on your phone, where you text uh, the number, and then uh, all I'd say is if it's a check, write it out to LifeSpring, um, but maybe in the little memo line, put YWAM or Missions. Or if you're texting, uh, just put the dollar amount and then put YWAM or missions. We'll know where that's uh, going to. Um, we'll know it's for Rebecca. But um, with that, we're also going to sing this song. And uh, I just love, as I'm talking about the Holy Spirit over these three weeks, 
to see someone. And thank you just for being vulnerable and talking about when you were in that huddle and you said how, did you remember that part when she said it was like a Satan that was shutting her, sewing her mouth shut, but then there was that moment. And did you also notice that there was another believer who helped her walk through that and said, I think there might be something that uh, you need to say. And then what I love about that is even at that moment, you could have stayed silent. But then as if a, a dam burst, right? As if just a water rushed up from within her, she began to shout and proclaim, speak boldly, speak forth the things of God. Just, I encourage you, read the Bible again, and that's what you're going to see. When the Holy Spirit comes upon His people, His people speak forth the things of God. So we can just celebrate Rebecca and the Lord one more time, and let's sing this together. Thank you.